surrounds my life. Sovereign, you are still sovereign, even when confusion has blinded my eyes. Lord, I don't deserve your kind affection. When my unbelief has kept me from your touch, I want my life to be a pure reflection of your love. So I come into your chambers and I dance at your feet, Lord. You are my Savior. When my unbelief has kept me from your touch, I want my life to be a pure reflection of your love. So I come into your chambers and I dance at your feet, Lord. My Savior, and I'm at your mercy, and all that has been in my life up to now belongs to you, and I belong to you. So
read today from Paul's letter to the Galatians. It's chapter 6. We will read the first 10 verses. It's page 1065 in your pew Bibles, or if you're in a large print, it's in the New Testament, page 256. We will read from Galatians chapter 6. Now, I'll explain this letter a little bit when we get into the next part. Uh, But let's just say that this is the end of a letter that Paul's not very happy to write. (laughs) And yet he comes up with these words. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in the good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to your spirit, you will reap eternal life from the spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at the harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have the opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those of the family of faith. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. on earth. 
that's a song we should probably sing every day when we wake up in the morning. We need that reminder, let there be peace on earth. Whenever we feel ourselves getting all frustrated and like things are angering us, especially those things that maybe shouldn't anger us that do sometimes. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? When you just get a kind of that bad mood, this is probably the song that we should sing to calm us and to let us focus on what God wants us to do in this world. Now let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we come to you this morning as your humble people. We come here today because, Lord, we want to follow you. We want to be your people on this journey of life. Bless us on this day as we meditate on your word and on your guidance. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So the Apostle Paul wrote this letter that we just read from the end of to the Church of Galatia. Now, if you look at a map and you find yourself uh, modern-day Turkey, Galatia is a region within modern-day Turkey. And so this letter was a letter that Paul wrote, and it was supposed to circulate around the churches in Galatia. And this letter, as I kind of warned you a little bit, this letter was a letter that Paul wrote when Paul was very, very, very unhappy with the churches in Galatia. But it wasn't that he was necessarily unhappy with the churches themselves. These are churches that he helped to build. Instead, he was unhappy with some of the ministry that was traveling through Galatia because there was a ministry that was spreading a message that was one that Paul did not like because what was happening is there were these people who were traveling through Galatia and they were going to the churches and they were teaching all of the people in all of the churches that in order to be Christian, you needed to first become Jewish. Now, this might might seem kind of like, uh, okay, that makes sense because, I mean, Christianity is an offshoot of Judaism, but this meant a lot for the people in these churches in Galatia because in these churches you had Jewish Christians, but you also had Gentile Christians. And by the way, who was Paul called to spread the gospel to? to the Gentile Christians, the non-Jews, even though he himself was a Pharisee, it was his job to go and to spread the gospel to the Gentiles, to the non-Jewish Christians. And so people are traveling through Galatia, and as they're traveling through Galatia, they're telling the people that you need to become Jewish in order to become Christian. But what that did is it put a whole bunch of barriers, a whole bunch of limitations on people before they could become Christian. Because if you were a Gentile and you needed to become Jewish before you could be a part of the church and before you could be baptized and follow Christ, if you needed to become Jewish person, that meant that you needed to change everything about your life. The normal diet that you follow, that one's not going to work. You're going to need to follow a different diet. The place where you buy all of your meat, the meat raffle isn't going to do. You're going to have to go to the special meat market to do this, the right things. And, and men, by the way, this is a big limitation, and I know that this doesn't usually come up in church, but men, if you were a Gentile man and there was something that was not done when you were a child and you wanted to become a Christian, according to these folks, something needed to happen. Anybody want to say what it is? Thank you. See, it didn't come from my mouth. Paul talks about it a lot. But that was a huge limitation. And so you can see why Paul would become so angry because you had these Gentile people who were trying to join the church, who wanted to become a part of the church, who wanted to learn about Jesus, who wanted to be a part of the greater community of God. They wanted to be a part of this. And yet there were stumbling blocks right in front of their feet. 
There were stumbling blocks that kept them from taking that step. Things saying, I'm sorry, but you're just not ready to be a part of the church. I'm sorry, but, but until you change some things about you, you know, you just can't be a part of this community. And Paul heard that this was going on in the churches in Galatia. And Paul was so, so angry. Believe me, we've got some Bible study folks, and we just read through Galatians in Bible study in our Wednesday Bible study. And they'll tell you that Paul is not happy. You were there. Paul is not happy when he's writing this letter, was he? Oh, no, not at all. He doesn't even start with the whole, at the beginning of a letter, he normally goes like, oh, I thank God for you, for all the wonderful things. He skips over that entire part, just skips past any Thanksgiving, and just basically gets to a message of, how dare you? How dare you listen to that message? How dare you let somebody put stumbling blocks in front of somebody before they can follow Christ? That's what his letter is all about. Paul is angry that there are limitations, that there are stumbling blocks. But then he gets to the sixth chapter. He gets to the sixth chapter and he starts talking about how maybe people are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And he says, you know, if Gay is over here doing something that she shouldn't be doing, instead of chastising her, be there with her. <laughs> Instead of chastising her and, and telling her all the things that she's doing wrong, you know, oh, you should change X, Y, and Z because you're just, you should be more like me, you know, all that kind of stuff. There are people like that, sadly, in this world. You should be with her. I love how Paul says to bear one another's burdens. If someone's going through a hard time, don't stop to chastise them and tell them all the things that they're doing wrong. Instead, be there for them. Support them. What do you need? How can I help you? Think about it. If your, your brother in Christ is going through a hard time, do you want to stop and say to them, well, you know what? You really need to stop X, Y, and Z, and then you need to do this. Or do you want to say, hey, come talk to me about what's going on. Let's work through this together. What one's the better option? You know, uh, of course, the second one is. And so Paul says that it, when no matter what people are going through, everybody is going to struggle in their life. Do me a favor and raise your hand if you've ever struggled with anything in your life. Every one of us. Whenever somebody's struggling with something, in the church, and this goes for outside of the church, don't go through all sorts of judgment and chastising them, but instead be with them. Bear one another's burdens. Support them. Help them. Share their load with them. Support one another. That's what we as the church are supposed to do. Don't put limitations and stumbling blocks in front of somebody. Don't tell them that they're not worthy to follow Christ. Don't tell them that they're not worthy of salvation. Take all of that stuff out of your mouth and instead just be there for them and, to, and support one, of that, uh, one another. Now, last night I was on the airplane because we didn't get home until like 1 a.m. last night. I'm impressed that my daughter's here, uh, but she really wanted to make it to church. I love that. I love when my kids really want to make it to church. Uh, but So we didn't get home until 1 a.m., but I was in the plane, and, and I had uh, Galatians chapter 6 kind of in my mind, and I'm thinking about all this, and I realized that there's actually a song that goes perfectly with Galatians chapter 6, a song that if it had been written 2,000 years ago, I think that the Apostle Paul would have would approve of. And, and so I think we should 
could kind of sing it this morning. So for those of you who know me, you know that I'm not a really great singer. Occasionally I'm on tune, but a lot of time I'm not. I wonder if anybody's going to be able to guess what song I think fits with it, it perfectly with this chapter. Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Think about the next part. You just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. You just might have a problem that you'd understand. We all need somebody to lean on. I almost burst out loud singing this song on the airplane. It's just so powerful. I mean, think about it. Lean on me. When you're going through a hard time and you come to me because you're going through a hard time, should I start telling you all the things that you're doing wrong? Is that going to help you at all? Or is it going to make you turn and run away? It's going to make you turn and run away. Instead, when somebody is going through a hard time and they come to you and they say, hey, I, ne I need some help, I need some guidance, don't start chastising them, but instead help them. Take some of that load on you. That's why I love the song, Lean On Me, Bear One Another's Burdens. It all goes together. I'm sitting there in the airplane and this song's going through my head and, and Walter's playing his video games right next to me and, and everybody else, this lady sitting next to me on the other side is listening to really bad music really loud, but I didn't chastise her because I wouldn't do that. I, you know, all that kind of stuff and I'm sitting there and the song came into my head and I'm like because <laughs> it's such an, a powerful song and such a powerful message and that's what we are supposed to do as followers of Christ as followers of Christ it's not our job to put any limitations in front of anybody it's not our job to tell anybody that they are not worthy it's our job to love and to support one another and when somebody is going through a hard time even if they're going down a wrong road even if they're messing up their lives and sometimes we see people mess up their lives don't we it's not our job to say you need to stop that right now mothers do that all the time and does it usually work absolutely not it's not our job to do that it's just our job to say hey i'm there for you whatever you need i am there for you if you realize that you've messed up i am there for you i am right here for you i will pray with you i will pray for you i'm not gonna stop praying for you because i'm here for you you can lean on me I will bear your burdens. That's what the Apostle Paul wants us to do. He doesn't like when people start spewing judgmental things that puts limitations and stumbling blocks in front of people. But he wants us as the church to be a community of faith, to come together with our differences. He's writing to churches that have Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, and he wants all of us to come together with our differences. 2,000 years ago and still today, he wants us to come together and to be a community of faith to love and to support one another and i know it seems like well this this is so easy to do well well why don't we just do it because it's also so human to put up limitations but i want to tell you has anybody here ever run a marathon raise your hand for me if you've ever run a marathon okay we've got a few of you mm -hmm. i think you were you texting your sister one time when she was here in church and you were running a sunday morning marathon i don't understand how you did that but i just you were dying. Okay, so 
If I was to run a marathon, that's exactly what I'd be. Now, I've never run a full marathon. I ran one half marathon once when a friend asked me to in seminary, and I'm like, sure, I run every day. I, I might as well. Yeah, I run like two miles a day, and of course I didn't train. The first six miles, totally fun. At the end, I was like, I'm going to die. And and so I love when I, I love watching people run marathons because I have no desire to ever, 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 ever run a marathon. So it's not, it's not in my wheelhouse. But I love watching people run marathons because uh, not just that they all do this amazing thing, but what I really love, and hopefully the TVs are going to cooperate, what I love about marathons is it seems like in every marathon you can catch something like this at the end where everybody is struggling so hard, and sometimes it doesn't matter how much you train. I mean, I have a lot of friends that run the Boston Marathon, you know, being from Massachusetts, and, and sometimes the Boston Marathon can be 90 degrees, and other times it can be snowing. I mean, you never know when it's in, in April, but I love images like this when people are getting ready to cross the finish line, and you know that they are all exhausted, but her body has just given up on her, and instead of just ha saying, well, too bad, I'm going to finish without you, look at this. They pick her up and they carry her home. I love when you watch those crazy, impressive athletes and the ones who run like four and five minute marathon paces. How in the world does your, I can't even run a four or five minute mile. Don't mind a whole entire marathon. But look at this. I believe that in this image, the guy who fell down was going to come in first place. The guy behind him saw him fall. He could have come and take the lead and, and won the race. But instead, he stopped to pick him up. He forfeited his better time. He forfeited a first place so that he could pick up the competition. And together, they could cross the finish line. Or, or look at this one. I mean, here you have a bunch of just regular guys out running a, a, minute, uh, running a marathon. And, and then the one guy at the end, uh, he just couldn't make it to the end. And his legs are giving out. And yet, there they are carrying him the rest of the way. Now, we all know, I mean, we pray for peace every Sunday. If this is one of your first times here, just get used to lighting the peace candle because we do it every Sunday. It does change a little bit during Advent, I should actually say, because we're, we're lighting all the other candles. But, uh, you know, we, we pray for peace every Sunday, and every Sunday we just come to God and we say, God, you know, grant us peace. Because humanity is capable of doing absolutely terrible things. Humanity is capable of, of uh, hoarding food and creating wars and high, uh, terrible things, killing everything. Think of all the bad stuff in the world, and humanity is capable of it. But humanity is also capable of doing some really amazing things, aren't we? Humanity is capable of carrying each other across the finish line, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Now, if only all of us, all of humanity, not just us here, but if only all of humanity could realize that we're on the same team, <laughs> if all of us could realize that we are all children of God on the same team and we're not competing against one another, but we're in this race of life together, <laughs> Just imagine if we could all realize that it's not me versus you or us versus them or, or who knows what, but we're all in this together, then maybe we could have peace. If we all realize that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, we are all brothers and sisters in this world trying to finish the race of life together, then we could do these amazing things. 
We could love one another. We could support one another. We could lean on each other. We could bear each other's burdens. We could all make our way towards the path of salvation. And if we all did that, there would be peace on earth. So friends, let's work on bearing each other's burdens. It's easy to say us versus them. It's easy to say me versus you, but let's all be on the same team. That's what Paul wanted for the churches in Galatia. Be on the same team. Don't be divided. And that's what God wants for us. All of us. All of humanity. Let's make it through this race of life together. Lifting each other up. When we fall, carrying each other. Let us be with one another. Bless one another. And make it on the path of peace. Let us join in a moment of prayer. <coughs> Good and gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for all of the ways that you bless us in our lives and all of the ways that we really don't even deserve. We thank you for carrying us when we are weak. We thank you for lifting us when our strength is all gone. We thank you for blessing us with the people in our lives who are right there with us, picking us up and encouraging us. We thank you for all of those folks who have carried us across finish lines. And Lord, we ask that you bless us. Bless us on this day so that we can be that support to one another. Bless us so that we can be more like Jesus by following his way, by loving and supporting one another. Bless us, Lord, so that we can bear one another's burdens. Bless us on this day so we can be your hands and your feet in this world. And we pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Thank you.